Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ranked Podcast. Today I have Mark here with me on the episode. Uh, Mark, I recently met Mark actually through through Reddit once again. Uh, I was browsing through uh, a passive income uh, subreddit and he left this very, very interesting comment on how he has basically a site making him full-time income and how he's then using that income to reinvest and create basically financial freedom for his for himself. Uh, his site is currently doing about a little over uh, 5,000 per month, I believe, uh, with around 50,000 uh, visitors per month. Um, I'm just going to head it, uh, head it off to you, to you, Mark, to do a little intro, talk about the site. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, my name is Mark, and I have a, in a website in the Pets Niche, and I started up in 2016 and didn't really figure out what to do with it until last year. Um, so really what happened is I started the site off inspiration from the four hour work week and I read this four hour work week and it said, oh yeah, you can make this, you can make all this money and only work, you know, four hours a week and go on vacation and do all these certain things. It's not like a pipe dream. And so I did it and I just got into it and I just did a few ads and I was like, why, are, why am I not making any sales? Like all these gurus say, just spend $5 in Facebook ads and you know, you'll make a killing. And so I did that and I was like, I'm not making any sales, I'm just throwing money away, so what am I doing? And so then I, I, I ended up talking to like another quote guru and he told me, he's like, yeah, we, I can rank up the site, you just need to do some SEO. I was like, what's SEO? He's like, yeah, that's search engine optimization, you have to like rank on Google by doing all these certain things and the biggest way to do it is backlinks. I was like, okay, so you can get backlinks for me, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, just pay me some money and I'll do it. And so I paid him some money and he used this tool called GSA, which is this big comment link spam tool that goes all over the internet and just hits a whole bunch of random sites. And most of these sites are what they would call in the SEO world toxic links. So they're hitting like Russian, Japanese, Chinese websites and just spam linking uh, direct anchor text, which is uh, the text that's, that's part of the link. And um, just hit my site with all these bad links that did nothing for me. And I had to go in and learn how to disavow links because I didn't know how to do it. I had to go, I had to learn about what Search Console was and I had to go in there and disavow everything, fired the dude, and then took a step back and said, okay, so what am I going to do now with this thing? And I said, well, you know, maybe I'll drop ship. <laughs> so <laughs> I tried doing some drop shipping and it went all right. I mean, I had a few, I had a few product wins. Um, I signed on to this um, unique product in my niche that nobody was doing at the time. And there was a manufacturer out there who had just got it started and he was selling it locally. And I said, okay, let me, let me take this thing online. It's like, I can get you traffic. And so I said, well, you, you manufacture this thing and you, know, you just drop ship it for me. And so he did that uh, for about a year and a half. And it did really well. Um, I was doing quite a bit of sales. I was selling like, I don't know, like 1500 a month off that. And it was doing well. And then the dude walked out on me. He just like decided to up and run out of business, run and he just decided to just check out of the business and disappear out of town. And I was beginning to scale it, and when I was getting ready to scale it, he told me he didn't have he didn't have any capital because he had bad credit. And I said, "All right, so I have good credit. So what do you need?" And he's like, "Well, I need a I need a laser cutter um, to cut the product that you're making because if we do a laser cutter, then uh, we can increase the capacity of this product, you know, by 50 percent, and the price will decrease by 50 percent." I was like, "Okay, so how much does this cost?" And he's like, "3,500 dollars." I was like, "All right, here's 3,500 dollars." And then three months later, the dude walks out with the laser cutter, and then I'm out $3,500. So then after that, I was like, all right. So 
I don't like dropshipping. I don't like dealing with manufacturers. What's next? And so I started looking into it more and I said, okay, so there's this thing called affiliate marketing that works and my site's ranking. And the whole reason I ranked it was because I stopped listening to these guru guys and I actually listened to somebody who was actually doing client SEO. And that guy's name was Ryan Stewart. So Ryan Stewart has a book on Amazon right now called The Blueprint. And anybody who wants to learn how to do SEO the right way, I'm not talking about like these freaking PBNs or, you know, all these other like quote unquote gray link and backlink or gray hat tactics. You want to like true white hat link building, like getting on press, getting on the press and um, getting these major backlinks. Like I have backlinks from Slate. I have backlinks from BuzzFeed. I have backlinks from, um, from Lifehacker or Lifehacker. And I got those all through Ryan Stewart's course. I was just being able to contact journalists and actually had an interview with NBC News uh, a couple of weeks ago for this for the website I had that was actually related to the coronavirus. Um, and that got me a whole bunch of backlinks. And that's all about like press outreach. And he teaches that. And he also teaches how to go find websites and do like cold outreach and how to set up your templates and how to do all that stuff. So that's a book I would definitely recommend to anybody. I got his course... Uh, I think it was called like it was called White Hat SEO Link Building back in the day when when he was under the his company called Webris, but I don't know what Webris, he's, yeah. I, I, yeah I don't know what he does now. I think he's just consulting now and just doing doing whatever he wants now because he sold. Yeah, his, I remember. I remember when he kind of released uh, the course. It was just a side project, and then it exploded like yes. he didn't expect it. Right. Uh, and now I think he's like full time just consulting and and um, like expanding and working on the course. Um, well, um, amazing introduction. Let me, I just have one question. Mm-hmm. So you tried so many different things, but the first thing you mentioned was just driving, driving traffic through Facebook ads to the yes. blog. Um, how many blog posts did you, did you have at that point? Where, uh, I, I'm guessing it was when you were starting out. Yeah, I didn't have any blog posts at the time. I just had product. So that was what all the gurus are telling me. They just said, well, just, you know, pick a niche and pick a product or pick a variety of products and just go on Facebook and just start advertising to people. And so that's what I did. I created these things using Canva, and I created all these like neat little, neat little um, ads with some copy on it, and just kept paying up the butt for ads that didn't do anything for me. I didn't mm-hmm. even get a single sale. I had like I don't know five thousand visitors, but I can't. I, I don't even remember how much money I spent off it, but it was just a waste of money. So that was 2016, yeah. Yeah, and then I even tried retargeting these people, and nothing. Imagine yeah. doing that now when everything is probably. <laughs> Five ten x the price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just tried so, all that, and just didn't really work for me. I even tried Google Ad Networks, and that didn't work at, at all. And how did you then transition uh, from the, that kind of uh, ad um, PPC uh, to to organic uh, like SEO? Did you read somewhere that you need content? That you need blog posts? Um, did you write the articles yourself, the initial ones? I still write the articles myself. So one of the advantages I. Had, one of the advantages I have over my competition is I'm an expert in the niche. I know, I know very well, and awesome. I can just awesome. go in and just, I can just go in and type a four thousand word article, and it's not a big deal for me because I know the niche and I can just talk about it all day. And in a weird way, the site had actually allowed me to have two books. Um, so I actually have two books in this niche that have my name on right now, which has been. Really interesting. I mean, it, it allowed me to pay off my student loans just doing those two books. So that was really great. Uh, that was a really good feeling to do that. Um, but it, it's great. And I have 
these press links and everything, and it's all come just through the blog. And the blog structure originally started because of Ryan Stewart's course, because Ryan Stewart talks about building this, um, you know, these these massive amounts of content that's really informational, valuable. Silos. Yeah. Yes, in silos. And then uh, reaching out to people to get backlinks for. And that's how I started doing it. And that's when, after I fired that guy, that's how I started doing my original outreach. And that's how I got my initial you know, domain authority start ranking up stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, shift so happened to me. You started working after you fired that guy because you had enough of everything. So you just said, okay, I'm going to learn this myself. I'm going to learn it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. before I was, before I was like, well, I just, you know, I just put a little bit of my paycheck to this and then I'll figure it out on the way. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to bootstrap this thing and stop doing that and figure it out myself. And I don't need to hire VAs because I don't even know how to teach these VAs. I just expect them to just do stuff for me because they charge more than, you know, going on Fiverr. So I guess they know what they're doing and mm -hmm. that doesn't work. You, you really have to know what you're doing. So I would suggest anybody who's trying to get into this um, to really spend the time and become an expert in it. Don't throw money at the problem. Don't throw courses at the problem. Really figure out and try to become an expert in it, an expert in the techniques. Um, when I started getting into affiliate stuff, I started trying to figure out, I was like, what do I need to write for if I do affiliates? And I ran into this, this blog by um, a well-known affiliate marketer called Matt Digity. And Matt yeah, Digity yeah. Like, is the dude when it comes to affiliate marketing. Like, There's all these... I see it all the time when people talk about it. it's like, well, who should I follow an affiliate? And I see all these names, and I was like, why is why are people mentioning Matt Digity? Like this dude like flips uh, websites all the time for six figures, and no no mention on this guy. They talk about some other guy I never heard of before. I don't even know what sites he has, uh, but I know Matt's been in the game for a long time. Yeah, because it's it's very like obvious. Like Matt makes a killing from from his own sites, mm -hmm. but all these other gurus. Right. Um, they they make the money from from actually selling the course. Right. Um, which just tells you what what the like kind of the backstory is because you you always want to learn from someone who's actually like you mentioned like uh, from someone that you learned who was in a client SEO. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. Um, so in my opinion, yes, it's very good when you're picking out mentors or just people you want to learn from to see where they are actually making money from and then go go from there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the other issue too with this field is that it's very difficult to find mentors or find people who are willing to help because everybody's very self-serving. That I've, I've noticed they don't want to, they don't want to give you the information. They want you to like buy their course or or pay them money so you can so they can teach you. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I've always liked about Ryan and Matt is both of them don't really need to do that. They don't need to make a course to make a living uh, because Ryan, you know, Ryan's already sold his company. He already has money. And Matt's got like six other businesses that make him money, and plus he's got his affiliate income, so that makes him money. So he can charge, you know, five hundred thousand bucks for a course, and he doesn't care. And he'll continue to update it, and he'll continue to spend time in it because it it's what he's passionate about. And yeah. Plus, that's, people like that always give out info free yeah. of charge at all times, you know, answering right. questions and things like that. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, if someone wants to to find like a like a mentor or someone to learn from. Um, usually people who are just like staying low, um, not really pitching something or, or doing a ton of stuff, uh, but just like participating into in conversation on, in different groups, on Reddit maybe, mm -hmm. um, like learning from those type of people is, is probably the best. Plus, like they want to talk and about that kind of stuff. If you just ask them questions, they're usually more than happy to help you out. Right, exactly. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, and and, and that's why I set up. You know, that's why when I was talking to you, and I said, well, I see it in a different way. And this is actually a talk that I had with another um, big client SEO guy, Mart Luthenberg, who runs. Um, I think it's called Local Client SEO or Local Client Rescue. I forget what the name of it on Facebook, but he's a big uh, local SEO um, guy in the field. And so he has this big agency in Las Vegas. It's a seven-figure business, and he all he does is client SEO. So he does like lawyers and all this other stuff. And I was talking to him about it, and he was saying, he's like, so what are you guys doing with all your, you know, with the money you're making? And all these guys are saying, he's like, well, this is my full-time income. This is what I do. Like, I'm struggling to pay. Um, you know, for healthcare insurance, and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, well, I have a family. My healthcare insurance alone is like $2,800. And since I have a full-time job, I don't pay for that. My, my work pays for that. So that's like a big deal. Like most people, when they're doing this stuff, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm making, you know, a thousand bucks a month. I'm like, that's great. You're making a thousand bucks a month. Uh, but realize if you have a family, your healthcare is more than that. So that's not going to do anything mm-hmm. for you in the long run. Or even me, like, I'm looking at the site, it's like, yeah, it's, I'm making $5,000 a month. That's great. That's $60,000 a year. Um, but that's not that's not an income for um, somebody who has like a family of five or six, which is you know my situation. So I have to see it in a different way. I mean, people look at this and like, yeah, this is your ticket. You can go live in like Thailand and do whatever you want. It's like, yeah, that's great if you're single, but if you have a family, it's different. So how do you you know what do you do with this? And so when I started thinking about it, I started looking into um, a book. I started looking into books and. One great book that really like honed it in for me is one of the books by Tony Robbins, and it's called um, Money Master the Game. And Money Master the Game really makes you think about how to properly plan for retirement and how to properly plan for financial freedom. And he walks you through these exercises, and he there's like four stages of what he calls financial freedom, and it's like financial stability, financial viability, financial independence, and financial freedom are like the four stages. And depending on what net worth you hit on like your say, stock portfolio or real estate portfolio, that is like the level you can hit and that's, that's uh, what you can do with your money. And so it talks about don't plan for this giant number, plan for hitting this certain amount of income per month that covers like the different levels that he's talking about. And so that's what, when I started thinking about that, I said, okay. So this site makes this much a month, and so what am I going to do with it? Because most people, when they start making this money, like like what Mark Lukenberg and I were talking about, it's like we call it fast money. This is fast money because it's passive. When you get good at it, it seems really easy to do, but it's also fleeting because you know at any moment Amazon can shut down your site for whatever reason they feel like. They can cut the commission rate. Um, your website could get hacked. Your um, and a whole whole bunch of things like um, Alexa could take over all of you know a search engine and it could all be robots and everybody at search result zero is going to take everything for example and then your business is gone right so what are you going to do with that or or if you're making 5k a month does that mean you're going to spend all 5k on it to do whatever the hell you want and that's what I started thinking it's like well you need a long term plan with this if you make 5k a month then how much should I save and so I started breaking it down and I started doing this uh, book by Tony Robbins I said if you break it down and you start putting stuff into a 401k, putting stuff into a Roth, and then saving up a bunch of money to start um, investing in other things like you know real estate or investment properties because that stuff adds up over time. And I also took the cues from my brother too as well because my brother's done the same thing for years. Um, my brother's got this huge stock portfolio and he he started it by saving you know, 20% of his income every month. And he's yeah, he just started his 401k and it just adds up over time. Itself, yeah. yeah. 
And the other thing that Tony Robbins talks about is that uh, he says, like, yeah, all these people talk about how difficult it is to become a millionaire, but when you really put it in perspective, really anybody in America who who plans it right can become a millionaire. It's the other things, like if you want to become a billionaire, for example, that that's that's going to be really hard, and not many, not very few people are going to do it. But to become, you know, just to have a million dollars in net worth if you plan it right over time, um, because as long as time is your friend, then you should be able to get what you what, what you're looking for. And so when I had that in perspective, that's what I started doing with this money. I said, okay, so I'm not going to use this to buy frivolous things. I'm going to use it to save money, build a portfolio, set targets of what I of where I'm going to hit. And as long as I mean those targets and I'm good, and then whatever extra comes out of that, then I'll put those in what the in what Tony Robbins calls the dream bucket. And those dream buckets are what you do for other things. That's when you use these to go on vacation, to buy yourself nice things. <laughs> but you're not doing it in a way where you're just blowing away all your money. And so that's how I did it. So this this money I make off this website is not my quote-unquote budget. It's kind of my, my flex money, I guess is the best way to say it. And then my full-time income is my actual budget. That's the way mm-hmm. I've set it up. I understand. Huh, so you, you still have like a full-time job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing yeah. about affiliate is that but you can totally do this. It's totally related to it, yeah? Uh, in a way, yeah. I mean, they do marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my actual mm-hmm. role is in finance. I'm an administrator. Um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's, it's still fun. It, it, it still works. And for the great thing about affiliate marketing that I really like is that you can do it on your own time. So I can write articles super late at night on the weekends when I'm not at work and it's not a big deal versus when, say, you're trying to do client SEO. Well, client SEO is during business hours and if you're trying to go client SEO, then you have to generate leads. And to generate leads, you have to call call people, email people, Mm -hmm. possibly Mm -hmm. meet with clients. And then if you get the gigs, well, then you have to fill those you have to fulfill those actual gigs and sometimes fulfilling those stuff requires to do things during business hours. So how does that work if you're working a full-time job that you're dedicated to and doing a side hustle at the same time as during business hours? That's one of the things I started thinking about like when these gurus talked about. It's like, well, you can just you know quit your job and, and start your side business. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, that doesn't work for me because I make good money with my full-time income. And it's like I'm not like this entry level dude who makes 40k a year. Like I'm an ex- I'm executive level management, so I can't just leave a job and be like, all right, cool, I'm I'm good. I mean, even even making you know 60k a year off affiliate, I'm still not gonna just hop away and say like, okay, good, I'm done. I'm gonna go find something else. That's not the way it works um, at my level because at my age with my family and everything, I can't just walk away from a job. And a lot of these gurus that I hear seem to just make it seem like it's really easy to just walk away from a job and it's usually not that easy it's i mean it's different if you you know if i do this for a year and i say oh yeah i can do it but i just have these other goals in mind that i'd rather do and for me it's more about well you're doing this affiliate thing that you like you have a job in your own terms so if you don't like it you can tell your boss to shove it out because you have all this extra money that you saved up and there's no pressure to just you know work like a dog because you have to do this job because it pays the bills and everything. So to me, that's really what it is. And I think that's more realistic for most people. Yeah. And uh, just to return back uh, to, to the actual site. So after you found uh, Ryan's course and started kind of implementing everything, writing the articles, um, can you maybe uh, give us like a rundown through the months, how long uh, it took to start seeing some results, um, how many articles you were posting? Um, yeah. Just like a very brief... Uh, yeah, give me, um, can I share a screen? 
I can. Okay. Uh, yes, yes. Let's do a share screen really quick so I can show you what's going on. So let's log in really quick and show you how I started. Because I like being transparent. I don't, I don't, I'm not the type of person to say, oh, I make 5K a month, look at me. I, I want to show you the struggle. I want to show you how this started. Mm -hmm. So let's look at my last year's stuff. There we go. Okay, so screen share. Where do I go there? Why do I screen share on this thing? Screen share, there it is. Oh. All right. Can you see my screen? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So when I first started figuring this out, I made that much. Mm-hmm. $161. And then it just went up from there, 185 343 And I mean, you can see it's just going up and up and so up, right? So that was in January 2019, yeah? Yeah. So about a year and three months back. Yeah. And you can just see it just goes up and up and up. And then I went, I dipped because um, I think I missed, like my ranking started dropping because I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And then I just started getting back into it. And then it went up from there. And then mm -hmm. from 2019 to, as you see now, that's how much I've gone up since. So it's just been like an exponential growth over time. But when you first start, when you're making, you know, 60 bucks, $100 a month, it, it sucks because you're putting all this time effort and you, you wonder to yourself, like, is this even worth it? Because I'm spending, you know, eight, yeah. eight or 10 hours a month. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm spending eight or 10 hours a month on this thing. I only got $161 for it. If I go work at, you know, Jack in a Box or something, I'll make more than that. So why am I doing this? You know, I can work at Jack in a Box on the weekends and make more than that. Yeah, and are you only monetizing with, uh, with Amazon at the moment no. or... No, oh, uh, uh, other monetizations yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's I, I, I very do, smart to diversify. Yeah, I, I do Amazon, I do eBay, I do display ads, I do I'm starting to do other non affiliate or not other non Amazon affiliates and also dropship. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everything I showed you on just Amazon alone, that's just a snippet of, of everything. So there's like another there's twenty percent more on top of what I showed you. Um, from awesome. all the other stuff coming awesome. through. Uh, so essentially, you started uh, off with uh, like writing and everything uh, in January 2019. Uh, do you maybe ha have like a, an idea of how many words or articles you put out per month? Um, right now, or uh, what I what I usually through the months. Yeah. yeah, what I what I usually try to aim for was two to three articles a month, and that was what I was doing. You know, working a full time gig. Um, mm -hmm. During the COVID outbreak, I actually ended up losing my job and then got, got another job. So within that time frame, I actually put a full-time effort into mm -hmm. my um, into into the this affiliate marketing stuff. And when I did that, I could produce a blog post like every other day. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It's like, wow, if I put a full-time effort on this, I can write an article every other day, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you write the articles based on uh, keyword research? Uh, or, yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So I can show you how to do that. It's actually really easy to do. Um, it, first, you have to find a niche, obviously, and that's always the hardest part. Um, but if you do, say, I'm just going to jump that because that's the hardest thing. That's like a whole other podcast itself on how to select the niche. But let's say you find a niche, okay? And so I'm just going to use this one right here because I know this is just something that, that just came up for me. So this guy's an artist, and he writes about charcoal pencils. So mm -hmm. when I'm looking up something, I'll go, okay, so what are, 
whatever product you're looking for, you want to find the best of, and that's your that's your key your your seed keyword. So if I'm looking at charcoal pencils, I'm going to type in best charcoal pencil. I'm going to see all these dudes on here, right? So this guy is an affiliate. This guy is an affiliate. That's an affiliate. That's really good. This is what they call an authority website. Spruce Pets is, uh, it used to be about.com. Like Yelp, yeah. Yeah, MSN, that's another authority website. The good thing is that the authority websites are in the middle or at the bottom. And then here's Amazon. Amazon's usually always going to show up here. So now that I know these affiliate guys, what I usually do is I run this thing through um, Ahrefs. And you can go in here and you can find out you know, their keywords. So I can see what they're ranking for, right? And I can see what they're getting backlinks. This one actually has no backlinks. That's even more attractive to me. So this guy mm -hmm. ranked it without any backlinks, which is good. And then I go in here to the Surfer SEO tool and I can pull the top ranking guy and I can go into audit and I can see all the keywords and I can see how many words I need to write. Mm -hmm. So you can see here that it's suggesting about 1,200 words, and this guy's your big outlier. So when I look at this, I'm thinking to myself, well, if I write about you know, 4,000, 3,500 words for this article, I'm probably going to rank because these guys are really low on the keyword count. And on top of that, the top guy isn't really doing so, is, is doing all right on this tool, and I can do better on this tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for off-page SEO, I would use Ahrefs. So offsite is like your your backlinks, your um, you know your your domain age, all this other stuff, and this is how you go into competitors and actually take their backlinks. And Surfer, also a very yeah. smart idea, for example, something that uh, that I do often, uh, if you can find a direct competitor. So for example, for something like charcoal pencils, it's mm -hmm. a very niche down, so you probably won't be able to find a direct competitor. Mm -hmm. But if you are in um, dog a dog niche or something like mm -hmm. that, you can essentially take the entire domain, plug it into Ahrefs, right. see their best pages with the That's least exactly uh, backlinks, mm -hmm. exactly, and just do a better job of content yeah. and outrank them. Exactly. Uh -huh. Usually it works very well. Yeah. So, so Surfer is uh, the, what we call the on-page SEO. And the on-page SEO tells you how to you know, optimize your stuff. So I go in here and do all this. And Matt Digity actually has a, a good video on YouTube that walks you through how to use this. So I would suggest going on Matt, Dig Matt Digity's YouTube channel and finding his Surfer SEO review. And he talks about how to mm -hmm. use this. Mm -hmm. And for what you're talking about, that's exactly what I do too. I go here and I, t I go straight to the domain and top I go pages. to top pages. Yep. Exactly. And I'm just seeing, okay, so he's going to write this. And so I said, okay, so I have my content plan for the next you know, th quarter here. So I write, I write an article on this, 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 and this, because he, I'll write on articles on the top five maybe. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go back to the syrup and find, okay, so what is this guy ranking for? What's this guy's top post? What's this guy's top post? And I just start duplicating stuff. Yeah, or you can or you can also check out competing domains, and it will directly also give you the, um, yeah. the 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 competitors. Right, and you can go cool. here to referring domains. You can find the do follow links, and you can just find out where they're at. A lot of these ones I noticed. Um, some of these people buy domains, which is something that I've been trying to get into recently. Um, mm -hmm. Some of these people buy expired domains because I can tell just from the backlink research that they are. Um, they're not links that they actually earned. Mm -hmm. They're actually buying links from, from prior domains and I actually got one for my website recently that was like 23 years old that had all these like great backlinks and I don't know why 
they let that domain go because it was for a public institution, but I, I bought it anyway. So it worked mm -hmm. and I just got really lucky. And how do you go about, um, like you mentioned for, for the back, for gathering backlinks from the media, like developing uh, relationships with, uh, with journalists. That's something yes. I, uh, very excited to hear more about. Yeah, so journalist outreach is definitely tricky. Um, I learned it from Ryan Stewart, and I also learned it from this guy who ran a PR firm. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I have him on my LinkedIn. Um, but he actually has an article that lists out all the different journalists' emails. And mm -hmm. I don't know if he has it anymore. And I, I remember putting it on a Google Doc a while back. I don't even know where I have it. But I, have, I actually have contacts now where I don't really need it. Um, but he posted this article and he said, here's all the journalists' emails and here's how to contact them. And so I just used that originally. And I actually used that on a client. I had a, I had a client, because I, I, I dipped a little bit in client SEO and that's how I established these PR contacts because I was doing client SEO for a co-working space. Mm -hmm. And I had to reach out to newspapers saying, hey, we created this co-working space. It's got all these crazy things that you've never seen before. Would you like talk about it? And like my biggest pitch to them was, we have Japanese nap pods. Like who has that in a co-working space? And so we started. I started getting all these viral articles about like, yeah, check out this co-working space. It's got it's got Japanese nap pods, and it's in it's in a, you know it's in a southern state. And were you really paying them that. any any money to to actually get uh, get featured? If they're freelancers, you can you you usually have to pay them. If they're the true full time journalists, you don't have to pay them. So it, Amazing. so it was just because you had a very cool thing. So for example, the Japanese um, pods that, mm -hmm. uh, that they featured you. Yes. Yeah. So it's always something Amazing. interesting. Uh, and that's what, that's what this PR guy talked about. He's like, you have to have something really interesting to talk about, whether it's something unique in this niche or say you're an entrepreneur, if you're a really young entrepreneur and you're successful, or if you're an older entrepreneur and starting up, like say you're like you're in your 50s or 60s, that's also really interesting to them. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're a second-time entrepreneur, that's a really big thing for PRs. They really like that because they like hearing about success, and so you can jump through that. If you have some type of life struggle that you've gone through to get to this business that you're at, that's also really good for, for doing PR. And so you just have to think to yourself, what type of newsworthy, interesting things do I have that would allow me to get press outreach? And that's mm -hmm. how I took advantage during COVID because I had something on my niche that was actually related to it. And I started reaching out saying, hey, I'm hearing this thing that people are taking um, this drug um, for COVID and people are dying because of it. And I was like, I sell this product because I sell it for medication. And would you uh, want to know more about it? And so when I reached out to them, they're like, yeah, yeah, we want to know more about it. What's going on? And so I told them, I was like, yeah, this, this is what it is. And when the official announcement about the medication approval came through, they just said it was, you know, they just, they gave a generic term for it. And so everybody thought, I was like, well, this generic term is going to look it up and try to buy it. And so I was getting hit up all over the place asked for people asking me to use this for human consumption. I was like, this isn't for human consumption, it's for pets. You can't use this thing. You can't use this thing for humans. You got to get this from a vet. You either get it from a vet or you get it from a lab like me. And they ended, they ended up talking to me and said, okay, so we want to do an interview. We want to put you on NBC News to talk about this. And I was like, okay, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And I got, all, I got like about a dozen or so backlinks from major media uh, companies for this website, which is pretty cool. And I didn't pay a dime for That's it. That's awesome. 
So what are you doing now uh, in terms of the um, Amazon cutting rates? Uh, since you're in the pet niche, you're, I'm guessing, quit quite, quite hard. Yes, I did get hit hard. I went from eight to three. Um, it's a little bit harder for my niche to find others that pay higher. One of the reasons why I actually did Amazon in the first place was because the rate was higher than everyone else. So when Amazon first started getting to pets, they offered 8%, which was superior than a lot of other uh, non-Amazon affiliates. So most mm -hmm. non-Amazon affiliates were charging or were giving you anywhere from 4 to 5 to 4%, uh, mm -hmm. which wasn't attractive to me at all. So I was like, I'm just going to shill Amazon all day because mm -hmm. Amazon's paying me more. Why, why even bother? And their conversion is going to be better. So I built yeah. a whole thing off Amazon. Yeah. And now it's changing what's like, okay, so now Amazon's three and these other ones are five. Okay, so now, now it seems like I probably should. And are you so, are you also doing uh, do you also then need drop shipping uh, from from this site mm -hmm. like your own you have your own product or just the drop shipping from uh, from China? Um, not drop shipping from China. I'm actually drop shipping from U.S. suppliers. Uh huh. And, awesome. Yeah, I mean the good thing with, for example, pets is that some people want the super high quality stuff, and the super high quality stuff, at least in the niche that I do, is typically going to be made in America. Italy, Germany, or um, plus or the France. complaints will be drastically lower because of the lower like shipping times, uh, shorter yeah. shipping times, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, did so I already... you ever did you ever consider maybe creating your own product? I have. Um, that's what I had originally when I was you know working with that manufacturer, and I was just gonna. Mm -hmm. That was my long term plan anyway. Was either use him or find someone else to do it at a at a more scalable level because he was struggling to keep up. Um, I just struggle with it because I don't want to work with anybody with China and that's just my thing. That, that, that's, mm -hmm. I, I know it's a big limitation for me. It's like, if I'm going to develop a product, I don't want it in China. I want to you know, do it in the US or, or do it somewhere in Europe mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I, know the, I know the quality control is going to be there and I don't have to deal with somebody who's just trying to you know, mess with me saying like, oh yeah, we charge you $100 for your product this month, but now it's 150 or, mm -hmm. hey, yeah, your minimum order quantity was 100 and now it's 1,000. They, they'll just change stuff up on you. And mm -hmm. it, you don't really, from people I talk to, you don't really get, you don't really do well going to China unless you actually go to China and actually talk to your suppliers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so for, for the future, what, uh, what are your plans uh, for the site? I'm guessing right now you're still kind of thinking uh, for in terms of um, kind of uh, recovering from the uh, commission cuts. But apart from that, just in terms of content, uh, the mm -hmm. plan, domination of the niche, um, do you have any plans? Um, oh, I got I have a lot of really powerful backlinks coming in that are just starting to work for me. So my plan right now is to continue to write content because I have so much content I can write about. And I, I tried, I tested out other niches, like other sub-niches within what I'm mm -hmm, doing, mm -hmm. and they're ranking too. So I have content probably for the next year, year and a half easily that I can Amazing. dive into. So that's that's great for me. I can keep writing. So making up what I lost shouldn't be too difficult to do. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And since since it's not my livelihood money, it's going to be all right. It's it's good for me. One of the mm -hmm. big things I'm working on right now that I learned from Matt Digity's course is that if you're doing non-Amazon affiliate, what you do is you actually mix them. You actually do like a hybrid. So you actually mix your non-Amazon with your Amazon and actually take advantage of both conversion rates. Because the advantage that you have with a non-Amazon affiliate is their cookie lasts longer. So some of these cookies for a non-Amazon affiliate can last as long as 30 days. So if you capture the cookie 
they have 30 days to buy, and then Amazon has a 24-hour, but Amazon converts so high, you can actually take advantage of both. So people could be buying from Amazon for whatever. I mean, they could they could go on to your, say, pet niche, and then they end up buying some office equipment because that's what yeah. people do on Amazon. That's why I like Amazon because they'll just buy anything. Yeah, and, true. And actually, a few things that actually I think that uh, – that a lot of people should try to, to actually recover their uh, their revenue for for their site is just to take like a three month report from their earnings from the products they sold, mm-hmm. analyze which ones are selling the most, take a screenshot, sell it directly, uh, send it directly to the uh, to the company, and try to work out the deal. Uh, it's been working very well for for quite a few people in the in the niche. So yeah. I think it's also a great option. Yeah, that's how I actually got some dropshipping. That's how I started doing it because I noticing I was noticing that I had a lot of high traffic for say one blog post, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a product to dropship. And I was like, you know, it'd be really nice if I could dropship this one item. And so I did contact them. I contacted people and I said, hey, do you guys have a wholesale program? And they're like, yeah. I was like, well, what's the you know what's the discount? It's like, oh, that's about twenty twenty five percent. It's like that's perfect. So I'll gladly mm-hmm. take twenty twenty five percent versus you know eight or five or three percent. I'll take that any day. Um, sometimes the issue you deal with is because these manufacturers are new to dropshipping, they they take forever to, to ship sometimes, which is one issue that, I, that I've dealt with. Sometimes they don't send you a tracking number because that's just the way they roll because they don't care. And then other times it can be a pain in the butt when something gets damaged in shipping because then you got to take care of it versus Amazon. They just refund it and they just yeah. hate it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, and in terms of the content, uh, since you're ever, since you're writing everything yourself, uh, you never considered like outsourcing content, uh, just in terms of like sending them um, like a brief from from Surfer, uh, the the article that's already ranking, and just saying okay, make it better, uh, rewrite it, or or something like that. I haven't yet. I tried. Mm-hmm. I, I mostly see I mostly seen it because when I first started out, people were paying me for guest posts, so. People were going to my site and saying, "Hey, can I write a guest post?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, uh-huh. go ahead and write a guest okay. post, and you know, pay me a hundred bucks for it. Oh, whatever, it's 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 cool. I'll do it." And so they pay me a hundred bucks for the guest post, and I see these guest posts, and I was like, "These articles are crap." Mm-hmm. And what would happen is they send me these articles, and I would just cut it up, and I would just say, "You need to edit here. You need to edit here. Like this is horrible. Like this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this isn't even the right information. Why is this even on my site?" And it's because again, I I know this niche, and. I've written books, so I know what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. when I see bad information, I, it just really frustrates me. And I see actually the same thing with my competitors. My competitors will write these articles and they talk about the five best whatever, right? Well, the five best whatever aren't even for the thing that they actually need. Um, or they say something that's not even related to the livestock they're trying to keep. And I was like, this is wrong. Like This information is, is not even correct. And sometimes in my review articles when I write about things, I actually kind of make fun of them. And I say, which makes you appear as more tr- trustworthy source at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say, you know, don't buy this product because it's not even the right thing. Or I'll, I'll say something like, you know, well, some blogs that you may have wrote, written have said that this product is great, but by the way, this product is not good. It doesn't even serve the thing that you're needing for. Or, oh, by the way, they make this thing in China, and the one that I'm telling you to buy is actually made in Italy. Mm-hmm. And even though it costs more, you would you should always default to the thing made in Europe versus the thing made in China because the thing made in Europe is always built to last. And I would talk about I talk about things like the history of the manufacturer, like how long they've been in the game, like their warranties and what they're known for in customer service. Because I I know a lot of these manufacturers just from dealing with it from being in the niche for so long. 
and a lot of my a lot of my competition don't. They just they just go on Amazon. They find seven things that sell well on Amazon. They just write about it, but no real um, skin in the game. They just want to make money. And my approach to it is different. My approach is to actually educate people for people to actually make the correct decision on what they want for their budget. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how I end up writing. And that's been my biggest struggle when I hire writers. So for me, for me, I rather write, but I'll be happy to pay somebody to actually do outreach if I can find somebody who actually does proper outreach. I just haven't found that person yet. And, you know, maybe I'll start using Matt Digity's backlink services because I know I can trust him. I've just tried other freelancers and it just doesn't work for me. I just haven't got, I, just, I think I've just gotten, I've just been burned too many times where I just do it myself now. And given the fact that the site makes what it makes now, I'm okay spending that time because now I can justify when I spend 10 hours a month on the site, I can say, well, that's, you know, that's 50 bucks an hour. So that's not so bad. Yeah. I'm cool with making 50 bucks an hour on a, on a side project. I wasn't cool with it. I wasn't cool with it when I was making four bucks an hour. But I'm cool with it when I'm making fifty so, bucks an hour. Imre actually, so Imre was a guest on on the previous episode. Um, uh, he built a site from zero to uh, to one hundred and five thousand euros. He sold it for in six months, and he 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 mentioned the exact same thing. He he hired a writer, uh, but he made sure that uh, the writer was an expert in the niche. He the writer knew everything there was to it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because of the honesty, because of portraying um, right. and just putting a lot of information into the posts, accurate information, if a product was bad, even if it was a sponsor deal, they said it, the, the product is bad. Um, and because of that, they were able to establish their brand so quick and thus also sell it for such a high uh, premium. Right. Uh, just one more question before we wrap up. Uh, for someone who, who either has an existing site um, or is planning on starting, uh, what would be like your number one piece of advice? Maybe a piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you were starting out? Um, learn how to do it yourself. That's the biggest thing. Learn how like, to do it yourself. Like don't, don't expect to just throw money at the problem and hire people who know what they're doing because you're going to get burned. Really, if you really want to do this, spend the time to become an expert on how to do this stuff invest in the proper courses to do it there's a lot of bad courses out there and like i said on this during this podcast that ryan stewart is great for white hat seo matt digity is awesome when it comes to affiliate those two courses or books is all that you really need to do it correctly and i don't care what these other gurus say or whatever you see on facebook ads those are the ones that work at least for affiliate seo I totally agree. I mm-hmm. totally agree with uh, both our incredible courses. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, uh, Mark, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. Uh, thanks so much for sharing the info, the tips, advice, everything like that. Um, it's been it's been super cool. So thanks again for taking the time. Sure, no problem.